1: Dave, welcome back to The boiling Point. It's exciting today because we're back in The boiling Point for the third time with another human being.
2: We think. <laughs> She's a human what? being? No, we think it's the third time. <laughs> it has been more. I, I'm convinced there's more than one thing. Because there was Jeff Roach, there was well, David also. That's Alston. right.
1: And then uh, our, our first guest. Kevin Billion. Kevin. See? so yeah. it's four. OK, there we You're go. You're number four, Lisa. You're number four, Lisa. Lisa Horablick from Wicked Ideas is joining us inside the booth. Number four, Lisa, <laughs> maybe
3: a human being? Hello, i number one, Lisa, having- and I am most definitely a human being. <laughs> she has she's she's like wicked, wicked ideas. She's got <laughs> such wicked ideas, and she's a human, and she's number four, oh my but, but she, she's
1: number one in our minds, and uh, uh, we love Lisa. Lisa is uh, an incredibly uh, uh, enthusiastic, energetically brilliant uh, member of our, our community here, and she's built this company, Wicked Ideas, Not only that, uh, I've leaned on her many times to be uh, the subject of interviews on different uh, documentaries because, well, not only does she actually know what she's talking about and sound great, she's got amazing hair. Uh,
3: That is true. Which will look good on the podcast. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. We will get a picture. <laughs> so, uh, so Lisa, why don't you do a, a really quick introduction about uh, Wicked Ideas, and uh, let let uh, let our and you and
3: you, and as, you a of course. Yes. As, as, as a, a human, as a human,
1: not not as a robot or an alien,
3: <laughs> as my dream to become a cyborg. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, okay. Well. Thanks. So, Lisa Rablock, uh, Wicked Ideas uh, is a company based on the past ten years of work I've done with John McLaughlin, who is of course the former president of the University of New Brunswick but also a world expert in institutional economics. Exciting, I know. Uh, So what Wicked Ideas wants to do is we really want to help people move um, from problems to possibilities and to see that way forward. And that's going to come from changing the way we talk about big issues in a very profound way. So we're changing the world that way.
1: And and one, give us a little uh, example of what sort of tools you guys are using for change. And what are some of the these big ticket, you know, examples of some uh, discussions and dialogues that you find yourself engaged in.
3: Well, it's been really interesting because, you know, when you talk about startup culture, you talk a lot about companies that pivot, right? So they come up with an idea and then they decide, oh, that's not the market. Whoops. We're going to go and sell it over there. What I say about Wicked Ideas is not so much that we've pivoted, but that we keep peeling back the layers of the onion to discover what where we actually have to start with this idea. And so I'm a journalist, so it started as an idea to have out in the public, a new way to tell stories, a new type of journalism, and a new way to engage. Mm. But what we found is I knew what I was doing, but, the, uh, but our audience doesn't understand that yet, because the world hasn't changed yet. So we had to sit and think, OK, so now what do we do? So we thought, OK, well, you know what? We also have to go and talk to organizations and governments and nonprofits who are trying to get these st- conversations started and to give them some advice. So we started with that. And we realized, oh my god, we're still too far ahead. So now where we are sitting is we've really created, for lack of a better word, a mini accelerator program for Mm -hmm. organizations to understand how to actually have two-way conversations with their public. Because as we like to say, public affairs now happens in public. Mm -hmm. And so it's no longer about lobbying government or lobbying other business people, or, you know, how we used to do it. You know, I, I used to describe it as, you know, when you wanted to get a big project passed somewhere, it was like, Red Rover, Red Rover, we called the Chamber of Commerce over, right? And and everybody linked arms, it was Chamber of Commerce, and, and and uh, you know, all levels of government got together, and then they also went, and they got the Trucking Association, and they got, you know, they got everybody to line up, and everybody in a suit, and, and the women in the gray suits with the, with the sensible heels. They'd all stand in front of microphones, and they'd say, you know, this is gonna be an awesome idea. It's going to, it's going to create massive amounts of jobs, lots of construction jobs. And then it'll create about 100 jobs, p- permanent jobs. And, and, you know, the impact on the economy, because we're going to multi- there's a multiplier effect, of course. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to see it trickle down into, into retail and, and, and commercial properties. And, and we all were supposed to go, uh-huh. And then the project happened. But that hasn't happened for the past mm, three to four years, right? And so what we're starting to see is massive, huge projects aren't happening. Because the Red Rover, Red Rover? Nobody's coming over.
2: Hmm. Right. so a couple questions I mean, this accelerator is really interesting so first off do you have to be English to be part of this because I noticed the English accent you had <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're,
1: we're, we're. You know this one? is a bilingual province <laughs> duality is,
3: is one no, of the things we no, I, like the, I
1: love the English accent she does it very well I'm like I think
2: that's an English accent I heard it's
3: because I'm reading Harry Potter aloud to my oh, nine year old right now beautiful. and so you know oh. what I can do Hermione, Ron and Harry like nobody's business oh okay my
2: <laughs> son will have to listen to this one because he loves Harry Potter he's through it and he will have now a good a good voice <laughs> if he wants to read it to me cuz i haven't read anything so um, but who's in your accelerator like are, so we're who, just
3: starting well who, to, or who we, would
2: be interested so, in there? like what kind of companies or organizations or
3: well i mean Again, it's like peeling back that onion. We started by targeting um, oil and gas companies because Hmm. I went through the Propel Accelerator program, which was awesome while also being a bit weird for me because we're a social impact company and Propel is much more geared towards a classic tech model. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have an exit strategy because I don't know how long it's going to take to build this and also because this is my passion. This is my Hmm. life's work. It's like your DNA. It's my DNA. So. The idea of building something, the selling exit. it and going yeah, on yeah, yeah, and yeah. exiting yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to me at this moment in time, right. which doesn't mean we aren't open to that conversation if there are any investors out there that are <laughs> fascinated by what we have to say. British accent <laughs> version of that, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're open to it, but it's not your goal. So you're cho- right. okay, so I get that. So
3: what um, we, we well, you know, we started as think, okay, We've got to tr- actually train people in this way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it took me a little while to get to this point. And, you know, my advisors were saying, you know, no one thinks like you. You know, no one thinks like you, Lisa. No one thinks like you. And that is such a strange thing to hear because I've only known this way of thinking. So for me, it's perfectly normal, mm-hmm. right? And so when it took me a little while to come to the realization that oh, maybe this is something really innovative maybe mm-hmm. this is something quite different mm-hmm. and so we call it an accelerator program because we think it's more than training because you're gonna spend right now it's uh, two big sessions so the first one is wrapping your head around um, we use a bit like the theory of the long tail and niche marketing as a app- as applied to um, public affairs So traditionally, public affairs has been this selling job, right? You're just pushing it out there, and that doesn't work anymore. So you actually have to engage, and nobody knows how the hell to do that. Because our problem is when I start talking to you about an issue, and you don't agree with me, you're going to argue with me. But what organizations that need to get stuff done have to learn how to do is listen and to ask the question, to draw my answer out more so that they will understand my problem with the idea. Mm-hmm. Because in order to find these solutions to move forward, it's the collective intelligence that has to come into play. And because all of these issues, so if we use fracking as an example, the two arguments, actually the three arguments, if we include First Nations, are all legitimate. And not one is more important than the other. Fracking will indeed drive the economy. Absolutely, hands down, the economic argument, good one. Mm-hmm. Rural residents' concern for their water, for the, sa- for the safety, the environmental safety, their he- human health and safety, is also incredibly legitimate. And the First Nations' longstanding argument that they have been kept out of the Canadian economy and the New Brunswick economy and that they need a way in, but on their terms, Mm -hmm. is also legitimate. Mm -hmm. So the only way we're going to find a way forward on an issue like fracking is to understand in a far more deeper way Mm -hmm. those three arguments Mm -hmm. and to find the common point Mm -hmm. that we can then build up from. Mm -hmm. We have recognized that we actually have the opportunity to show people how to do that. Because people don't
2: know how to do that. So it's so part of it is just helping building the skills to yeah. actually you know what I call them coaching skills. They are um to draw out, you know, seek to understand and be understood. But you know, you do right. that on a on and, and you know it's so interesting, so what I'm seeing, um I was telling Greg I was just up in the Yukon. My, where I grew up, and my father is as a judge up there, and so he he's dealing with a lot of the uh, issues around duty to consult First right. Nations, and what we're seeing up north happening, is is I understand is is industries getting your. Concept, which is they're actually bypassing government and going straight to First Nations. Say, well, what, what are you guys looking at for out of this? What, we, how can we partner and collaborate on this more effectively? Which makes so much sense. Absolutely. Versus going and being positional, right?
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because it's about if you're going to get anything done in any of these communities, it's not about telling that community why your idea is good for them. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding what that community is talking about amongst themselves. Whether or not they're talking about you is irrelevant. What is of concern to them, and how can you participate in their community and solve one of their problems? How does your project solve one of their problems while also not making others worse?
1: Mm. So what's what would the strategy be then? <clears throat> let's let's use that example because the fracking example is universal right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have listeners all over the place on both sides of the board, so they get this issue. So you've got three stakeholder groups. You are the customer, essentially, or sorry, you're the client mm-hmm. to uh, to help these three stakeholder groups uh, find quote unquote common ground by really dialing down into the into the core. How do you even start by bringing these three really contentious stakeholders together?
3: Well, we would, of course would hopefully get hired by at least one of them, if not all of them. But I think the first step we do with people is to say, and so this is where that theory of the long tail comes into public affairs. Is it's if you think of niche marketing, we do kind of we talk about niche public affairs, and we have identified four groups that exist in any conversation. So first there are your customers, so whoever it is you're selling to or serving, whether you're the government or a company or whoever. Then you have the gatekeepers. So the gatekeepers are not directly involved in the story, but they have the power to either allow or disallow you to go forward. So they would be regulatory agencies, bond markets. So they are silently sitting on the sidelines, judging and watching you. The third group we call the chorus um, because it's not just traditional media. It's um, it's everybody on social media as well just jabbering away, right? And the fourth group are the connectors. And we argue that that's the group, that that's the only group you need to be concerned with. But up until now, we've been talking to the other three and ignoring the fourth group. The fourth group of connectors, those are the people you want on the journey. And the odds are you've never spoken to them because they're, they're the three of us. They're, the, they're that 80% in the middle that are disengaged um, and are not participating in the conversation because it's so toxic. And so understand, So it's, so our first exercise with our clients is to sit down with them and say, OK, who are those four? In your world, tell me who these four groups are. Who are they? Mm-hmm. And then once we've in- identified these connectors, OK, so what's their problem? And let me tell you, you're going to be wrong the first time, right? Because this is an iterative process, right? Mm -hmm. This is nonlinear. But let's try and think about it. And then our second part of our accelerator program is what I call journalism 101. I'm going to teach you the skill that I've used for 20 years to get stories and that your father, who's a judge, has used as well and used when he would have been a lawyer, right? It's that... Knowing the questions to ask to get the information that you need. And it's recognizing that these one-on-one conversations that you're having out there at the soccer pitch or wherever the heck you are contain vital pieces of information. Because again, remember, we are networked now. And so it's taking in all these pieces of information and analyzing them. And so then that's the third piece of Wicked Ideas is building the analytics that will allow us to pull in all this information for our clients to pull in this one-on-one conversation because I actually believe that the richest information is not online, it is in face-to-face conversations because that is where we're gonna be able to also identify the issues before they come to the surface because we've been listening. I
2: love the connector piece because I and I, I, I remember for me, the the initial understanding of the, a connector and a Maven was through uh, Gladwell's right. uh, Tipping Point, right? right? And 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 it's kind of I, there's a, I hear yeah. a tipping point kind of a That's concept, right. right? How do we how do we tip an idea and make it more palatable and all that sort of thing? So what are so for you? What are the challenges right now to to engage?
3: Well, mm-hmm. of course, we're, our challenge is, of course, as Wicked Ideas has continued, because it depends on what. when did you talk to me? Did you talk to me last year? Right. Well, last year we th- you thought we were a media site. Did you talk to me eight months ago? Oh, well, eight months ago you thought we were this. And now if you're talking to me, we're an accelerator program.
1: <laughs> and that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> so I think we get it. Our, our, our challenge right now at the moment is being able to articulate actually what we're offering and to get clients mm-hmm. on board mm-hmm. to um, begin to buy the accelerator program in that model
1: what uh, who would you, you know you mentioned oil and gas mm-hmm. um, but recognize that we we have entrepreneurs all over the place listening to mm-hmm. this um, and uh, not saying entrepreneurs are your only uh, opportunity mm-hmm. here but uh, what's the what are the, what's the key type of clients you're looking for for this
3: well you know what the the client we need the client we want is the client who's willing to change it's the client who actually brings a degree of humility to their big problem and recognizes that they don't have the answer and they have a theory right but that they're open to having their idea altered and changed to fit the situation wicked ideas is incredibly pragmatic right and it's iterative right because the The way it used to work, the way public affairs used to work, and communications used to work, is incredibly linear, right? You mapped it out, and you checked it off. Oh, in two months we're going to issue that press release, blah 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 blah. But that's not how it works now. Now you know I say this, you know, because I'm a writer and I'm in the middle of reading Harry Potter, and I say, you know, what mm. good ideas is selling? We got a magic map that's going to tell you how to get through that forest to get to the castle, and we also have the magic goggles. That let you read this map because the map is ever-changing, right? Because you're going to go a few steps, you know, you're, so we're going to do a little bit for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and then you're going to learn stuff. And it's going to open up another possibility as a way forward, right? And it's that it's that adaptability that we're trying to teach our clients so that they can get to where they think they need to be going. And quite frankly, if you do this, you might discover that your goal actually changes a bit. You thought you were going for that, but actually you're going for this.
1: So this is truly uh, a coach approach, Dave. This this, I just, this must that's be yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: like going my. Because I'm
1: getting to know this guy really well, and uh, <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to I'm, right look, look at this. <laughs> Literally, there's only two microphones in here, and I'm leaning on Dave. Um, Not
3: for long. But, yeah. Luckily, you're both in dark clothing. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there, you go.
1: Does that make it look look thin or fat? I don't know. Um, oh, no, just hides. <laughs> about about ten years ago, I met Dave, and uh, he explains me what coaching was. Right. I never heard of that before. Uh, I, your, your industry has kind of blown up since then. But when you explained that whole discussion about really we all have the answers on, on the inside if we look at the problem or the question in a different angle, um, I started to realize that's what we do as filmmakers that's as right. well. And uh, um, so it's really neat that this, this, uh, this theme of story Mm-hmm. uh it really touches all three of our businesses but really it touches everybody uh because a perspective a contentious perspective or a very uh easy fluffy perspective it's all story and uh you know using going back to the the fracking discussion mm-hmm. or debate as it is right now but turning that into hey all three of those stakeholder groups have a story and if if we really dug down to the core uh, the foundation of each of them, Maybe we can actually start to see progress, uh, and create one story. Is that uh, a little bit of the output that you're looking for? Absolutely, in that
3: absolutely. There is a new story to be told, and so what has been so fascinating for me on my own journey from this is um, the evolution of of me and my own definition of being a journalist, right? Because I have only ever wanted to be a journalist my entire life since mm. I was a little kid. Mm. And, you know, lucky me, I entered the I entered the industry as it's dying, right? And then, you know, I had this incredible opportunity to step off that path and go work with Dr. John McLaughlin ten years ago. Um, and I said no to John three times, and he kept coming back. and And um, my sister, my very wise big sister, when she heard that the president of the university kept wanting to hire me, and I kept saying no. She looked at me and she said, you're an idiot.
2: Like only a sister, only a sibling can do like that. Like
3: only a sibling can do yeah. And she said, you only have to ask yourself one question. And that is, how will you feel when you meet the person who said yes? Hmm. And that's, good. that's awesome. My good. sister is an incredibly wise woman. And that's sort of been my guiding force all along. And it also made me realize that I am comfortable in chaos and that I actually like being in the chaos, because I love the magic of not knowing where to go and to finding that path forward. I love that. And so I began to realize that that's the part of the storytelling that I love to do. And so while I absolutely have a talent for right with words, I absolutely have that skill. But my real passion, which comes out through the art, is in finding those ways forward, right? In in making our way forward, and and then and John helped me understand that even more because what John the gift John gave to me was to see that there's more than one way to tell a story. That the way to tell stories is infinite, and that it's not always with words.
2: Do you know? What, you know what I think is um is is exciting to hear? You know, almost like repurposing skills, mm. right? Like so, they're they're not um they're so you know, powerful and useful in the context of being a journalist. And, you know, what's really interesting is to hear using those same skills. Um, and I think sometimes people in their head, when they think of journalism, they conjure up, you know, kind of gotcha journalism. Absolutely. And, and, but to actually help people tell really good stories that that actually weave together well, for, versus being divisive. and
3: And also to learn how to ask the questions mm-hmm. to get the information you actually need. Mm-hmm. Because more than anything... Journalists are excellent at asking questions.
2: I total hundred percent. So here's so here's a question for you, for and I'm sure our listeners would would want to know. You've got this years of experience being a journalist, right? So what would your advice be to someone who is sitting on, and this could be anyone, right? And any literally this is this is this this there's I don't think there's I mean it could be uh, anyone sitting on a side of an issue, Mm -hmm. whether that's an issue with their their life partner, their business partner, a client. a union doesn't matter, and how? Wh- what advice would you give in terms of probing? And how would you, how would you advise someone to get information in, in a in a way right. that's kind of pragmatic? I and mean, I know that's, I know there's a, I know there's a lot of depth to that, <laughs> but but in a you know in a simple way that where we can help you know understand where someone's coming from, um, like what
3: are some tips? Watch a show with lawyers, because the way you ask <laughs> questions that are probing and give you the information, is you first decide, what is my end goal? What is the point of this conversation? It isn't to continue fighting. It is actually to get to a solution. So what would be a good solution for right now? Just a basic solution. Like, what can I get us to that we agree to keep talking? Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to reverse engineer yourself back to the first question. Right? Because she's like, okay, if that's where I want to get to, and I already know what they think on this issue, I need to ask them this question. And, this, and you're going to reverse engineer yourself backwards to the very first question.
2: So getting clear up front where. where uh, what's the goal? What's the goal of this, of this, of this conversation? conversation? Hmm.
1: It feels like uh, House of Cards season three, uh, episode four.
3: Oh, I'm only on episode three. Don't, no,
1: no, don't, spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh, wait, if, you're, if you're on three, okay, you know, Russia and U.S. Okay, it's a perfect example of what we're right. talking about. Actually, yeah, that's a good You point. know, uh, the, the two presidents are very strong in their perspectives, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to see how those writers wrote that very experience about both of them are, are wielding power and wielding, uh, you know, or protecting their perspective, but they're giving a little bit and taking a little bit and, you know... S- I'm not going to tell you what happened in episode four, <laughs> but it's we see this in Hollywood all the time. What you're talking about, right?
3: Yeah, I, I, well, because I love because ego yeah. is huge. Ego I mean, huge in solving any problem. Ego is actually the biggest problem. Biggest barrier, yeah. And so I think the greatest thing you could bring <clears throat> to any problem solving is humility. Mm-hmm. To say I don't know, mm-hmm. I was wrong. You know what? You make a good point. I'm wrong. I, I was wrong. Is this
1: part of the accelerator as well then a teaching a humility because that is huge yes
3: absolutely and if you're
1: able to successfully do that to the most hardened ego driven protected scared clients then i think that's going to unlock crazy success for you
3: yeah no absolutely it humility is a huge piece of finding these solutions Mm -hmm. because it's acknowledging that i don't know but maybe and i don't think you do either but together
2: we might.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, if, if you said that five years ago or 10 years ago, people would say, as if. That's so fluffy.
3: Right. Which is what they did <clears> say <throat> 10 years ago when right. John and I created it. They might have said it
1: two years ago, actually. Well, they, they, they but they still say it. And they still say <laughs> it. However, Some people. companies like Wicked Ideas are making a dent. So, and all these, like the B Corp movement, mm-hmm. all these things are happening now where people are saying the status quo of running business and, uh, and, and our corporate culture is, cha- is, is no more. Things are changing. So right now is the time for Wicked Ideas. Let's um, hope so. And on that wicked note, um, two last things, Lisa. One is um, I th- I, 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 we, we oftentimes try to get a little bit of advice to our, to our listening audience, which is mostly entrepreneurs. As far as your, your learnings of this connecting, because it might be connecting a customer you know to a brand mm-hmm. you know uh, but using the, these uh, these skill sets yeah you know, a little piece of uh, parting advice
3: i think you have to be comfortable in chaos you have to be comfortable with change you have to be comfortable that you're completely wrong and to be willing to change and that's okay mm-hmm. and that it's actually kind of awesome mm-hmm.
2: And, and maybe there'll be a more powerful outcome and as a be result. More of it. Um, how do people learn more? About well, you wicked can come to wickedideas.ca
3: to the site. You can email me at lisa at wickedideas.ca, and um, I am actually speaking five times at East Coast Startup Week. Oh wow! So there'll be more than enough and opportunity we, to connect with me in Fredericton next week. Oh, it's next week, so we we should probably uh, get this I, podcast going right you, away. You beat
1: me by two because I'll be speaking three
3: times. <laughs> <next week. laughs> they, uh, they asked for a sixth, and I offered them my business partner. Dave, how about you? How
1: How many are you you speaking next week? I am speaking 10 times, at least. (laughs) I don't even know anything about these co-startups. You'll have to let me know. Okay, we'll we'll bring you in on that. So, so, um, uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Let's do a couple takeaways. Dave.
2: So, yeah, thank you. Wicked idea having Lisa in, Greg. Um, You know, the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway is, uh, and I so agree with it, is this idea of humility, right? And how powerful that is. And I think of... um, you know, it was, it was documented very well in Good to Great, you know, the book, and Jim Collins talks about a level five leader. Having humility is one of the most important aspects, so I totally agree with Lisa on that, and I love her idea, and I'm and we're i going to talk to her more about some of the coaching work we're doing, and, you know, and I, the one thing that is funny is a lot of times we get called into kind of remedial situations, right? There's conflict, and um, the easiest way to handle conflict is getting two people to talk together, and You'd be amazed the amount of times where there's a there's an employee issue, a morale issue, whatever it is. Uh, you know this camp says this, this camp is this, and you say, well, have you guys talked about this? No, 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 we haven't talked. And so, so often the tools just help is get sitting down and facilitating a conversation. So um, yeah, so I think I think I've, I want to hear more about what Wick, you know where Wicked Ideas is going to really plug in and, and and how we can attract people to the accelerator program.
1: Yeah, great point. And uh, I agree with you about the humility part. Uh, For me, it's that comfort in chaos. And I would suggest most successful entrepreneurs, I wouldn't say like being in chaos, but they are at least capable of dealing with chaos. And some on the the edges really thrive in it. And uh, um, I think that's something to be celebrated because, and it's a real confidence booster too to recognize time and time again, Every time you're in chaos, you've gotten out. If yes. you're alive today, if you're <laughs> alive yeah. and you might be in chaos right now, and if you're building a business, you probably are. But that's what we do as artists and entrepreneurs. We, we throw ourselves into chaos. Uh, if we didn't, we would be in that middle band of ordinary and normal, and we wouldn't be doing things like we're doing right now. Chaos really does uh, does fuel the fire.
2: Okay, well, check out wickedideas.ca.
1: Anyway, we'll see you next week and please do share and let us know if you have any ideas for other guests for us. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Over and out. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg... Visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.
1: You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness physical, mental, and emotional.